Today is January 12th, 2024, and this is Read Through the New Testament. Hello. Hi, everyone. And uh, today we are continuing on in the Gospel of Luke, and then we'll hit Galatians as well. Um, so today's reading from Luke is Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 21, and it's super appropriate for it's, this time of year. It's the Christmas story. Yeah. Um, just tells a simple story of Mary and Joseph coming because of the census to Bethlehem and having a, no room for them in the inn and it the angels should, appearing to the shepherds. It should be pretty familiar. Yeah, it should be familiar. Yes. All right, let's read that and then we'll talk about Galatians 4 when we get there. Luke 2, beginning of verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each in his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and light him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days... When he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Super familiar um, stories, at least to us adults. I mean, how many times have you heard that story oh, read? many times. <laughs> but it's good to try to pay attention for something new. Yes, it is. Uh, was there anything new that struck you this time? Um. Something new that struck me... Um, Well, just even this verse 21, because verse 21 is not normally read so much. Right. But that it was at the end of eight days that he was finally named. I mean, we name our children right at birth, but he was named eight days later hmm. after he was, was born. And I think I noticed how, how much the shepherds told other people about it. Like verse hmm. 18, all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Hmm. Yep. Wonder then what those people did with that information. Yeah. It's always a challenge. I just encourage you all. Um, and now you're young, you haven't heard the story, but I've heard the story well over a hundred times, easily. I am fifty-six years old, and so every year of my life, for sure. And on top of that, several times, sometimes 
So as you get older, you'll hear it more and more. But when there's a familiar passage, challenge yourself like you did to what is it new here? Or what, what did I not recognize? Always look for something new and then your love for the Bible just increase. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we are chapter four um, of Galatians. And I just want to promise you these contrasts. In chapter three, Paul said that it was faith, not works. And then uh, he also said it was promise, not law. And now here in chapter 4, it's going to start off by saying sons, not slaves. Mm. So we're sons of God. We're not slaves trying to do everything that God says in, uh, in a way that just forces our obedience. But like sons who want to please their father, that's what we do. So here, okay. I'll, I'll Chap- read. Class, chapter 4. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. So just as a side note, an heir is someone who inherits Mm -hmm. their parents' Mm -hmm. property, Mm -hmm. everything they own. Mm -hmm. Okay, just in case that's not a familiar word. Um, In the same way also, when we were children, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. What a perfect yeah, connection, right? It goes so well with Luke too. Yeah. In fact, I remember preaching Christmas sermons, and I have preached this one on several occasions. Mm-hmm. Of this is, this is Christmas, that when the time was right, God sent his son just at Christmas, and why? To redeem us. And that's Galatians 4, 4, and 5. Yeah, that's the gospel, yep. Okay, so uh, verse 6, And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. Yep, there's the, the, the summary, right? Verse 7, you're no longer a slave, but you're a son. So your son's not slaves. Okay, verse 8, now Paul just turns to his Galatians trying to figure out how it is they left the gospel. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. But now that you've come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid I may have labored over you in vain. He's just amazed. Like, how can they turn away from this glorious gospel? But they have. And submitted themselves back into the law. But it's the promise is greater than the law. Okay, verse 12. Brothers, I entreat you, become as I am. For I have also become as you are. You did me no wrong. You know it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first. And though my condition was a trial to you, you did not scorn or despise me, but received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. What then has become of your blessedness? For I testify that uh, testify to you that if possible, you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? They make much of you, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out, that you may make much of them. It is always good to be made much of for a good purpose, and not only when I am present with you. My little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. I wish I could be present with you now and change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. Yeah, just to hear the confusion, complexed, verse 8, nine, verse 9, how can you turn back? Um, you once loved me, you give me your eyes, and now you've turned away. And that, that's the, the whole um, 
context of Galatians. Just amazed. Verse 21, and now there gets some allegorical interpretation here. He even speaks about that in verse 24. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. And the idea is, right, you're not a slave, you're the free woman. Mm -hmm. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. And there it is, right, promise or law. Now, this may be interpreted allegorically. So he's kind of saying, hey, just take these two women and just think about it yourself. Symbol. Symbol, yep. Um, these per- these women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai. There's a law bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Now, Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is slavery with her children. But, on contrast, the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. Right? There's this freedom. You're not slaves. You're, you're free. You're sons. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren one who does not bear. Break forth and cry aloud, You who are not in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than those of the one who has a husband. Verse 28. Now brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. But just as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, so also it is now. But what does the scripture say? cast out the slave woman and her son for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman so it's just about hagar and her son ishmael Mm -hmm. and sarah and her son isaac Mm -hmm. so brothers we are not children of the slave but of the free woman yep and that is for true believers Mm -hmm. we're sons not slaves that's kind of the big thing but and then in the middle of chapter four paul just couches his concern for the people Mm. yeah yeah all right We'll get you tomorrow. We'll see you. All right. Bye-bye.